Celebrating 25 years of Jaguars football. Oh, they're throwing beer bottles and everything. Yeah, this is very low rent for a town that prides itself on having such an NFL tradition. It is Thursday, January 2nd. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. And now a guy whose J stands for Judy, J.P. Shedrick. I don't even know what that is in reference to. Your J stands for Judy. Your first name's Judy? I didn't know that. That's I didn't either. Not accurate. What is your first name? What How do you about mean? about Jerry Judy? Oh, the Alabama guy. Yeah. Okay. That's not accurate either. But yeah. Welcome in. Jack what, is, what, is, what does J and P stand for? James Patrick. Do we have to? One of those is right. James, James Paul. We're not going anywhere until you. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, all right. So we've got plenty of other things up. to discuss. James Paul. Jared Patrick. Jared, Jared Patrick. Patrick. Like, so you and the guy from Subway share the, a common no, name. No, 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 uh, this is Jaguars Happy well, that's Hour. Was, that was his name. Welcome in, JP Shadrick, Judy. Jeff Logman, Tony Baselli, <laughs> Jerry Judy. So here's what's coming up on the program. Jerry, Caldwell and Marone quit talking. Caldwell Marone return. Communication will be improved. They say we'll hear from those guys coming up. The off-season schedule. We're there now. So what's coming up in the next month or two? Including the NFL draft. The buildup begins. The Jags have two first-round picks. Here in 2019. Let's start off with the press conference from earlier this week on Tuesday. Dave Caldwell, general manager, trying to get those players to help out the coaching staff. We could help the coaching staff by making better decisions and uh, the guys we bring in for them and and um, also uh, really supporting our players that we have here. And I think we'll help the coaching staff. Head coach Doug Marone trying to get everybody collaborative effort coming into one decision. I'd like to create this this environment. What, what you're looking at is, is you're focused on myself, Dave, and Shad because we report to both. What what we've talked about of doing is, you know, making sure that it's not just the individuals that are are able to communicate directly with each other. We're talking about taking, you know, our coaching staff with our scouting staff, you know, with with and really putting it. In a, in a true, true partnership where we're meeting and talking and doing that and coming to decisions. Uh, I think that Dave would agree, and, and I've been a part of it before, is that when we, when we do that, you know, things become clear on exactly what the vision is that we want. So my responsibility as a head coach is to be, okay, this is, this is what our philosophy is. This is what we want to do. This is what we want to be as a football team. This is how we want to play offensively, defensively, and special teams outline that, give a clear picture of exactly what we believe we need, okay, in communication with Dave and his department, and really come and fold as one. So the press conference was fairly lengthy on Tuesday after the announcement from Jaguars owner Shad Khan. About 10 o'clock, the announcement came down, the press conference at 3 o'clock, and we'll hear a little later today from uh, some other thoughts from that press conference. Um, Yes, Tony. So I I was – in El Paso for the press conference. I didn't see it, and I've seen clips of it now and everything else. It's shocking to me, like shocking, that they weren't already doing that. I mean, isn't that what you're supposed to do, like how you build a team that as when you're picking players, you're picking players based on 
what the coaching staff has lined out, the type of players they want, they need. This is the system we're going to run. This is what we want. And everyone is working together towards the goal of winning a championship. Well, I think, I think when you listen to that and then you, uh, you read the reports that was, I think, not long uh, after the Tom Coughlin press conference where the reports between scouting and coaching was toxic, I think was the word that was used. I think just listening to the press conference, I think it was very apparent that that wasn't going on before. But isn't, doesn't that shock you? I mean, yeah, well, very much so. Like, I mean, I would like assume that's how like that's how it happens. Well, I'm around. Places, I, I, right? I cover a bunch of games throughout the year outside the Jaguars, and talk to a lot of people, and coaches, and every and everyone else from front office people, and that's just like how how it's done. It's done. I'll give you an example because. Uh, Arguably one of the most respected personnel guys in the National Football League is Ozzie Newsome, right? One, yes. Hall, Hall of I, Fame executive. I sat down with him uh, three weeks ago for 25 minutes talking to him right. before the Baltimore game. Uh, and, I, and, I, and one thing he said, and he said it before in the past, and it, it has always stuck with me, is that you, all, you never draft somebody that the coach doesn't want to coach. He said because it, it, it's, it's a – it's a recipe, recipe for disaster for failure immediately because if the coach doesn't want the player to begin with, where is it going to go? So you want you want a player that the coach wants to coach, which means that you have to get some of his input on that player and also what type of player that guy needs to be. And uh, so yeah, I mean I was with you, Tony, and I was very surprised that 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 was. I mean. They didn't say it didn't happen before, but I think by them well, talking about it now, it, it, it's very apparent that that wasn't going on enough. If well, they're no, introducing they did, that as a new all, concept. They did say it wasn't happening. Right. Doug Grone okay. said, this is what I want to happen Which in I've, the future. I'm, I'm shocked. I mean, that's surprising that that wasn't happening before. I mean, I, most scouting staffs and, and coaches become essentially scouts with most teams in the offseason for a period of time to where they have to write reports that they sit in on the meetings where where you're kind of stacking players positionally, correct? I mean, and, and that how most organizations that well, that, absolutely, and at or the, that some do it that the, way. At the bare minimum, the coaching staff meets with the personnel people, going over every position and saying, "Here are the metrics. Here are the, the what we want. This is what we're looking we for. We want this a is, corner that's about yeah. six foot. He's got this kind of length. He's this got style. this kind of speed. You know, et cetera, et cetera. Same thing with offensive line. Hey." We want a right guard that is a uh, bulldozer. He doesn't need to pull much because our left guard is going to pull more. Our right tackle, here's what we need. I mean, so you're, you're given kind of physical and athletic requirements to the scouting staff so that you can run your systems. How do you jumpstart that, though, if it hasn't been happening? That's going to be interesting you know, because if it hasn't happened the before, then you're, you're, essentially, you're essentially breaking new ground going forward. Mm -hmm. um, so... It's going to take a, a collaborative effort. It's going to take a lot of effort on both sides. It's going to take a lot of time because, I mean, that's a relationship from all appearances that wasn't there before, so now you have to build that because relationships just don't – they don't happen overnight. And then don't, you don't say all of a sudden, okay, now that we both uh, report to the owner and we have to work together, now we're just going to do it. I mean, it's, there's got to be a, a trust. There's got to be – uh, a system in place to where to where that that can be positive and thrive, and so uh, that's a big challenge for this organization going forward. 
Certainly is, and uh, it'll be an interesting next few months for this uh, Jaguars organization. Uh, Doug Marone said the, the coaches are off until the 13th of January, a little time away. Which and is good. the evaluation of that, he said it's not done either. Uh, when the coaches get back, there'll be a little more evaluation of his staff. Well, I, I think most teams, I think the smart coaches or head coaches or organizations, I think are smart in that you let your coaching staff kind of step away to detach a little bit of the motion from the season away from it and then and then come back and then apply yourself again and, and give yourself maybe a I don't want to say an unemotional approach to the evaluation, but a little less emotion certainly can be good sometimes when you're value, value, trying to be trying to give an honest assessment of your players. And uh, look if something is fresh on your mind about yeah JP if you're my Mike linebacker and the last game you screwed up something that I told you three times about during the course of the week of practice, I might give you a bad grade for the season just because I told you three times I'm still mad. You know, So allowing the coaches to detach a little bit in this case can be a good thing. Well, it can go the other way too. Just because – like I always think the danger of week 17 is, is, is putting too much into it one way or another. Because when two teams are out of it, as the game on Sunday was, and you saw throughout the league, crazy things happen. I always say week one and week 17 are the two weeks that don't put too much stock into anything. Week one, you get crazy games. It's the first time, first time you're game planning, everything else. And then week 17, you have guys with different motivations out on the field because, you know, guys that, you know, are out there just trying to protect themselves, not to get hurt, guys who are, you know, want to make a great last impression and everything in between. Mm-hmm. And so if you put too much into that one game, same thing as Jeff said is on the negative side or the positive side, you can either undervalue or overvalue a where you are as an organization but also individual players. And I think so it's critical. You got to step back and you have to be able to take an honest I think the honest uh, reflection and honest assessment of where you are as an organization, where you are at certain positions on the roster and everything else. And I think the 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 really good and the great organizations are masters at that, that they are able to sit back and to make an unemotional evaluation of where they are. From, a, from the top all the way to the bottom, every part of the roster, and make decisions based on what it's going to take to become a great organization to win a championship. Because that's all that matters. At the end of the day, the only thing you should be striving for is to be on the stage at, at the beginning, first week of February, hold, holding the Lombardi Trophy. I mean, that's all that matters at the end of the day. And so... The danger is a lot of times, and I think it's happened here. I mean, is you overvalue you, you, you're, you, 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 and I think it happens all the time throughout the NFL that you're not honest with yourself of where you sit and what you need to do to get, take the next step towards uh, a championship. You make a decision, you believe in that decision so much, and then it may not work like you had thought it, but you or, believe or, it so wholeheartedly. Or, 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 still, it, you know? it's a, can, it could be a, it could be a lot of different things that you believe in or overbelieve in. Yeah. Uh, it could be. Uh, an overvalued assessment of of coaches. It could be an undervalued assessment of coaches. It could be an overvalued assessment of players, or an undervalued assessment of players. It can it can mean a lot of different things. Well, I think a great analogy in the business world, all the time, and I've heard this multiple times and, and been around it, is never fall in love with the deal, because as soon as you fall in love with the deal, you stop looking at all the warts and all the problems and everything else, and you. Or the alternatives. Or, yeah, or the alternatives. And you convince yourself that you're so in love with this deal or this transaction or this product or anything else that you are blinded to all the things that are, you know, good, bad, ugly, alternatives, other ways. And you'll end up doing it or making a decision just because you've, you've committed 
that this is what you're going to do. And you fall in love with it. And that's the danger. I mean, the, and it, it's a real talent to be able to step back, be unemotional about it, and look at the situation and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to evaluate this every day until the end. And it's hard. It's hard because, I mean, you're, you're invested. Human nature. You know, I mean, it's, it is. It's human nature. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's no different than like an official that you're hoping that is impartial. But human nature is human nature. You know, things influence you. And, and certainly I don't think anything influences you more when it, when it affects you directly or that you're trying to evaluate a decision that you made in the past. You know, whether that be a, a, as a coach or as, as a player or as a, a personnel guy. I mean, sometimes you um, – look, you've got skin in the game. And when you've got skin in the game, sometimes it's, it is hard. It's hard to be honest, and it's hard to be subjective and impartial. We're back in a moment, and we'll delve into some of the personnel, including Yannick Ngakwe and what his future could hold with the Jacksonville uh, and, and Jaguars. I, and I think that's the perfect thing to start off with when we come back because much like we're talking about being impartial, I mean, it, you know, he's, he's, he's their guy. You know, so here, here there's emotion attached to this. And so this is a perfect example of – Sometimes, hey, look, you you might need to detach a little bit here in this situation to make the right decision, and the right decision could mean a lot of different things. We're off and running. Jaguars happy hour on a Thursday on the Jaguars Digital Network. Tito's Handmade Vodka is America's original craft vodka. In 1995, Tito Beverage set out to build a micro distillery incorporating elements of artisan craftsmanship from boutique wineries into the spirits industry. Pot distilled and made from corn, Tito's is naturally gluten-free, crafted in Austin, Texas to be savored by spirit connoisseurs and everyday drinkers alike. For Tito's recipes, infusion ideas, Tito's swag, or to learn more about our story, visit titosvodka.com. 80 proof Tito's handmade vodka, crafted to be savored responsibly. I'm Jacksonville Jaguars General Manager Dave Calder. Did you know you can ride your bike to our home games and valet park for free? That's right. Stop by our check-in tent sponsored by Alert Today, Alive Tomorrow, and an on-duty ZenCog bike professional will park your bike and ensure it's secure during the game. When the game is over, return your claim ticket to pick up your bike. For cycling safety tips, visit alerttodayflorida.com. Remember, Alert Today, Alive Tomorrow, because safety doesn't happen by accident. Go Jacks. The Built for the Holidays sales event is here, and so is our best offer of the season, 20% estimated savings on select Ford models. Stop by your local Ford dealer to see how Ford is built for the holidays. Eligible in select 2019 model year vehicles. Vehicle must have arrived at dealer at least 61 days prior to the sale date. Estimated savings include an average dealer discount based on a sales survey of average discounts offered by Ford dealers nationally. Discount may vary. Dealer determines price. For all offers, take new retail delivery from an authorized Ford dealer stock by 1-2-2020. See participating dealer for complete details. There's a new player in town. Leica Mobile is the official mobile network provider of the Jaguars. With prepaid phone plans starting at only $19 per month, you can enjoy unlimited nationwide talk, text, and data, even unlimited international calls to more than 70 destinations. Make the call and switch to Leica Mobile today. For a limited time, participate in a sweepstakes to win two free Jaguars tickets. For the official rules, terms, and conditions, visit the offers page at leicamobile.us. 20% discount for all Jags fans with code JAGUARS20 on any purchase at likeamobile.us. You've reached the Rookie Support Hotline. This is Peyton Manning. Your commitment to keeping Sunday laundry-free is truly inspiring, and Tide is committed to your commitment. You're making the world a better place for our rookies one week at a time. They grow up so fast. Remember, there are plenty of other days of the week. 
and Tide is America's number one detergent for all of them. If it's laundry night, it's got to be Tide. At ViStar, we believe in better, better convenience, so members can bank any way they want, whether it's at a branch, on a mobile device, or at one of more than 20,000 fee-free ATMs across North America. We believe that people have better things to do with their time. If you believe that convenience is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. I think you guys all know in this room how um, both Doug and I feel about Yannick and, and through our conversations over the years. And um, uh, he's a tremendous player. He's he, even a better person. Uh, how he handled his business this year was tremendous. But that I would say that's priority number one to make sure that he comes back to Jacksonville and, and he's a Jacksonville Jaguar. So um, hopefully we can get that done, um, you know, uh, where he's here for a long period of time. Dave Caldwell, Jaguars general manager, in a Tuesday press conference. And Jaguars happy hour rolls along. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman and Tony Baselli. Priority number one in this offseason. Yannick Ngakwe, you heard it from the general manager. That's, um, that's the top of the list. That's the first thing that he said they want to get done somehow. How do they get it done? Well, I, I, don't, I think I would probably debate whether that would be number one. Um, for me, the, the continuation or the search for a franchise quarterback should always be priority number one. And, and I, and I said this before that until you know, you have one, you cannot rest and that you need to continue to search and to try to find that guy, however that may be. And I think right now that you feel good about your quarterbacks, as Doug said in the mm-hmm. press conference, and that you got two guys where in the past you maybe felt like you didn't even have one. But I don't think you sit there and are going, oh, we've got two franchise guys. You know, so for me, the, the, the search for, for a franchise quarterback yeah. should be priority number one. So that said, how do you and what do you get done with Unique Ngakwe if you can get something done? Well, he turned down $19 million last year. Uh, which I think was about fifty million dollars guaranteed, forty-eight million dollars guaranteed, something like that. I can't remember. Well, I, I can't remember exactly. I, I don't. I don't was. know what the guarantee was, but Tony, looking at uh, Lawrence's contract with the Dallas Cowboys, he was like a five-year, one hundred five million, and I want to say the guarantee was in the fifty million range, a little over it was fifty 60, million. But, but yeah, it's that so I mean, so, so I mean, for Ngakwe, you're looking at in the future going forward. I mean, turned down what nineteen a year, whatever the reported guarantee was, but I mean. I would think that the deal is not going to be less than what Demarcus Lawrence or what Frank Clark got. I mean, that, that I think that's your starting point. And for for an, an an organization that doesn't want to have anything reflect neg- negatively upon them and and want to give the impression, hey, look, we're trying to do everything we can to help to win and to get out of the cellar of the AFC South. I think that creates a little bit of pressure to sign a guy like Yannick Ngakwe. Uh, and is is that right or, or wrong? I mean, 
It's not the position you want to be. It's in. not where you, you want to be. First of all, you never should sign a guy for PR sakes or because you're afraid of looking bad or anything. And I'm not saying that they're going to. I'm not saying they are PR, but I mean that. Well, I'm just. I mean, what you just said, if that's true, and we're speculating because neither of us know, but I don't think you ever make a decision on any player because of what the fans want or what the perception is or anything else. You only sign you like for me. You sign Yannick Ngakwe for whatever the number is going to be, if it's $21 million, $22 million, only if you feel like he is a dominant player at his position that will help you win a championship. That's the only reason you sign him. No other reason. There's not another reason in the world you sign Yannick Ngakwe. Now, if you believe that, and that's what this organization, if Doug, because according to the, what we've heard now, is he's going to have a much uh, higher say in, in uh, personnel moving forward. So Doug and Dave – and then ultimately, shot if they determine that Yannick Ngakwe is a guy that's going to help them win a championship and he's a dominant player at the defensive end of the position, then you go pay him the, the number that it takes to get him signed. And, and if you don't, then you don't sign him. I don't care what anyone thinks. I don't care what we think. I don't care what the national media thinks. I don't care what the fans think. I don't care what any of those people think. If you're sitting in Doug and Dave's, you don't make the decision based on what we talk about. You can make a decision if we think it's the dumbest thing ever. Who cares? You have a conviction that this is the guy that helps us become better. And don't sign him otherwise. If you if you completely ignore money, you want you want him back. Period. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, well, I mean, you take eleven of those guys. Sure. Oh, I mean, oh All my day. God, he does everything he's the right a, way. He's a great pro. And let, let me say this: if there was any player on this Jaguars roster that that if they shut it down somewhat in that last game against the Colts that I might understand it a little bit. It would have been Ngakwe. And he didn't. I mean, we're talking about a guy who, if he has a significant injury of some kind in this last game, could cost himself literally $60 million guaranteed dollars. Let me repeat that. Mm-hmm. If he had a sustained a significant injury, he could have cost himself a guaranteed $60 million dollars from one injury because some teams would have wanted to have him come back on a one-year prove-it deal if he blew an ACL or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you would think the guy might be a little cautious. Well, I mean, a perfect example is on the on the calls fumble that he chased Jacoby Brissett down, which we're going to show on Jaguars All-Access tonight. He's on the ground. He jumps up. He throws his body around to make the calls fumble and tackle on Jacoby Brissett and then ends up hitting another guy, but he's throwing himself around to make a big play. This is a guy that could lose $60 million, and he's throwing himself around. Give me that guy 10 times over every time. You know, so, I mean, I understand why he's a party because that's the type of player that you want to have. He's an he's a, uh, edgy type of guy. The coaches love how he prepares. Um, he's different, and he makes big plays. And, man, you want to find a way to keep him – but everything has got to be within reason and what's best for the organization. You don't just go, here's the checkbook, and you write what it's going to take. I mean, you just can't do that. The first day to designate franchise players is February 25th. The deadline to designate those players is March 10th. The new league year begins March 18th. That's, a, that's something they have in the back pocket as well, an organization. Yeah, I mean, designate them on the first day you can. First yeah. day. You got, I mean, and he'll be upset, and I get why. Um, but you have to use it for a leverage standpoint. 
and the as, organization because one, you want to have more time to negotiate a long term deal. Business is business, and it's business just like it's for Jan. Business is business. He has to make a business decision that is best for him, and he's earned that right. He's played great football for four years. He took a gamble. He came back this year. He played his tail off, was hurt early in the year. I think it affected some of his numbers. No doubt. From a sack production with that hamstring the first few weeks. And he played through it. He played through it. He didn't complain. He never made the contract an issue. He was not a locker room issue. He was, like Jeff said, he played his tail off at the end. Um, he's the type of guy I want on my football team if I was uh, the coach or the, uh, in charge of uh, building this team. Um, and so you have to use the tag if you can't come to a deal before then. And once you use the tag, now you have some leverage because you can either sign him to a long-term deal, you can force him to play for that number. It's the tag's probably going to be seventeen, eighteen million dollars. Yeah, Overthecap.com uh, has it projected yeah. as nineteen point three. Nineteen point three. So that's your baseline starting negotiation. So point. you're paying. He's getting at least nineteen point three million a year. That's the minimum. That's the minimum. Uh, that's and uh, and then really also, take the second year into account, and that's your guaranteed money minimum. Yep. In the second year, if they, they franchised him again, it would be another twenty percent above that, I believe. So there, so be your twenty-one, twenty-two, no, twenty-three, twenty-three. So your minimum guaranteed you're going to have to pay Yannick is fifty million, basically. Yeah. Ballpark. Yeah. Forty-five. Forty-five to fifty million. That's minimum. The, that's starting. Yep. I mean, starting. That's, just, that's like like you, like your first. Offer offer can't be below that. It has to yeah. probably be about ten to fifteen percent higher than that. Because like 40, otherwise, 43 million, 42 why would you million, even do like it that? if you're young? Yeah. Um, but you have to tag him because you have leverage to force him to play that number. You have leverage to give you more time to work out a long term deal. And finally, if you can't, you have the leverage to trade him and get a first round draft pick. Which he would have to sign, right? He would have to sign the franchise tag to be traded. Yes, correct? I believe so. Yep. Okay, but no, but that I mean, deal will be worked out. Yeah, ahead right, of time, right, 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 that's obviously. right. So you have to use it. Um, again, I'm with Jeff. Do I want him on the team? Yes. But you, you have to – I mean, this team has salary cap issues. Right now it is over the cap going into next year, meaning you're going to have to cut, which I'm sure we'll talk about here in a little bit, some starters, guys who are starters that you counted on this year as your frontline guys, you're going to have to cut or get them to restructure in a major way. And so you just can't just start going to write a check for $22 million a year to yawn until you figure that side out. And in that process, you have to sit back and say, not just for this coming year, but for the next three to four years, are we willing to, as an organization, to put a cap number in the, high, in the mid-20s or the low-20s on our, our pass rusher? That's the question you have to ask, and you have to. It's a big. It's a. It's a puzzle. It's a. You have it's to look called, at the entire it's called thing. Allocating resources, and, and I, how, yeah, that's exactly how much right. you going to allocate to that position. That's that's you know that's what it is. And you already have to the other defensive end. Uh, I don't know what the number is for uh, Josh Allen's uh, rookie deal, but it's probably about nine or ten a year, yeah. isn't it? I don't know what that is. That's a great question. Uh, rookie deal. I mean, should not be anything that's crazy. Five years. JP's going to pull Stand it up. Stand for four years, whatever Stand the four-year number is. Stand well, it's five-year. I mean, it's a five-year well, deal. Yeah, but you, you, right now you're only locked in for the four. So right, locked in the four, but it's going to be five. Yeah, your cap number's on four. With an option year. And the way he's going right now, you'd already pick the option up if you could do it. Yeah, 2020 for Josh Allen, cap hit 5.1, okay, dead so, cap 10.9. Yeah, so yes, it's 5.1. So 5.1. So, I mean, that means – What's the cap hit next year? You got that number? 6.2 in 2021. So, okay. but it's five point one. So here's it's very simple. So are you, do you want to allocate, you know, twenty five to thirty million dollars at the defensive end position for your starters? 
Now that's I mean that's a question. It's it's a big picture. It's not. It's not this, a crazy philosophy to build around no, guys like that. Not at all. I'm not saying it is. But considering everything else that, that's gone out from this football team and the and salary cap over the last few years, you got to negotiate that. Figure uh, it out. Let me go back to when. When people like the Rams, the Rams are in a, in a pretty tough spot because they traded away a lot of their draft capital. They have five guys at $108 million of their cap. Okay, so when you have that kind of top-heavy salary cap, I guess you could say, so, so now you need to find a way to bring in your lower-cost employees. So that means you have to figure out the other 48 guys for $100 million. Okay, so your, your lower-cost employees come in in the form of rookies. Okay, and then that rookies comes in typically in the draft, and if you're not getting them via draft picks, then you're getting them as undrafted rookie free agents. So where are the Rams right now trying to be able to counteract that top-heavy salary cap? They're in a tough position now. And to be perfectly honest with you, next couple years, they're screwed. They're screwed. What are they going to do? Not according to Les Snead, he says they're fine. <laughs> they're going to sign Ramsey. They'll be too fired, some and somebody else is going to have to clean the mess up, and then they're going to get fired because they didn't clean it up quick enough. And then whoever comes in after that point, then will have a decent job in a new stadium next year, and a really big new stadium. Yes, they got to fill. No, no, it's, it's, this is years down the road that all this is going to uh-huh. happen. It's going to take a couple years for for the Rams to realize what are we doing? Why, why, why do we give up a a Two first-round picks and a fourth-round pick for a guy that didn't play in the last game because he said he had a knee injury, and then, and then he ended up selling out his teammate. They're going to go, well, what are we doing? And then when they realize that they can't offset the explosive cost of an aging running back and a quarterback who didn't justify the number that you gave them, they've got no way to counteract it. You know, and, and the Jaguars have the resources to be able to, to do that. Let's come back. We'll talk uh, the quarterback position, and we'll touch on some of those guys that could be cat casualties okay. for the Jaguars. Especially well, the quarterback position, I think, is one that's, that's really interesting. And that's in that's, the summary. To summarize, John, we all want him back. In the sense, he's a great player. Yes, and he's a, he's the type of guy you want. It's the question is, is what are you willing to pay? To what bring makes him back? sense? That's right. Back in a moment is Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Tito's Handmade Vodka is America's original craft vodka. In 1995, Tito Beverage set out to build a micro distillery incorporating elements of artisan craftsmanship from boutique wineries into the spirits industry. Pot distilled and made from corn, Tito's is naturally gluten-free, crafted in Austin, Texas to be savored by spirit connoisseurs and everyday drinkers alike. For Tito's recipes, infusion ideas, Tito's swag, or to learn more about our story, visit titosvodka.com. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, crafted to be savored responsibly. Hi folks, Frank Franzi here for the best barbecue in town. That is Bono's. Head to Bono's today. 15 locations on the First Coast and six more at TIAA Bank Field. You see, Bono's is the official barbecue of the Jacksonville Jaguars. You want great barbecue, you want Bono's. Plenty of parking, clean family restaurants, and oh, by the way, the best barbecue you have ever had. So if you want great barbecue, head to Bono's today. The official barbecue of the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
The Built for the Holidays sales event is here, and so is our best offer of the season, 20% estimated savings on select Ford models. Stop by your local Ford dealer to see how Ford is built for the holidays. Eligible in select 2019 model year vehicles. Vehicle must have arrived at dealer at least 61 days prior to the sale date. Estimated savings include an average dealer discount based on a sales survey of average discounts offered by Ford dealers nationally. Discount may vary. Dealer determines price. For all offers, take new retail delivery from an authorized Ford dealer stock by 1-2-2020. See participating dealer for complete details. Some things make a house your home. Like cozy indoor warmth that makes bare feet on a chilly day your thing. When heating with natural gas, you get faster, warmer comfort, save money, and earn a rebate up to $725. Your home. Our safe, reliable, efficient energy. Love natural gas. Find rebate details at peoplesgas.com. Headquartered right here in Jacksonville, the CSI Companies is one of the fastest-growing staffing firms in the nation. As a proud partner of your Jacksonville Jaguars, CSI knows how important it is to find the right people for your team. See why some of Jacksonville's top companies choose CSI for their staffing needs. Visit thecsicompanies.com or call 800-582-0828 today. That's 800-582-0828 for the CSI Companies. Jags fans, TIAA Bank is ready to be your home team for home lending. Whether you're looking to buy a new home or refinance your current one, we have the nationwide expertise in competitive rates, along with a wide range of mortgage solutions to help you achieve your home lending goals. Team up with a TIAA Bank mortgage expert today. Visit TIAABank.com slash lending team. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, Equal Housing Lender, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. As far as the plans moving forward, um, I think there's a lot of self-evaluation, like Coach Marone said, and and where we're at, and that'll be a decision made by uh, Coach Marone and his staff, and collaborative with uh, Sean, and, and decide on that. But I don't think any decision has been made today as to what that's going to look like. But we feel good about Gardner and, and moving forward with him. Dave Caldwell, Jaguars general manager, in the press conference Tuesday discussing the quarterback position and Gardner Minshew the second. Nick Foles on the roster, of course. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, Tony Baselli. The aftermath of the press conference on Tuesday. Caldwell and Marone are back for 2020. Shad Khan made the announcement about 10 o'clock Tuesday. The press conference with those two at 3 o'clock that day. And now the coaches are gone for um, a couple of weeks or so. They'll be back in on the 13th, and then the offseason can really commence from there. But the quarterback position, as you said, Logs, you feel is priority number well, one. Well, I think it should be. And, and, look, I'm not trying to to undervalue what Gardner Minshew has done. Uh, I, th- I think uh, he's had uh, – He was the best rookie quarterback in the An NFL. incredible year and, and seriously should have been considered for NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year. I mean, really. I mean, look, look at his numbers. Won games. He, yeah. he won games. Yeah. He rookie, uh, who, came back and won two games himself. I think the I think the winner is going to be uh, – I think the – Running back Josh Jacobs is going to get the probably uh, rookie of the year. Yeah, but I was offense. I'm, I know that there's a couple other publications slash websites that come out with their picks, right. and uh, Minshew hasn't won any of them yet. 
and Josh Allen hasn't won any of them well, yet either get, because Bosa's yeah. been getting – obviously better team. Yeah. I think it's going to get you there, and he was a higher pick, and, and he's a really good player. I mean, to try to pick between Josh Allen and Nick Bosa, I mean, you don't go wrong either way. I think they're both great players. If you're looking at Kyler Murray and Minshew, if you look at the numbers, I mean, Minshew has been better. And uh, so more wins, more touchdowns, yeah, less so interceptions. I'm, I'm not trying to discount what Gardner Minshew has been able to do this year, but I think if if you stand pat at the quarterback position and take the approach of the hey, look, we feel good about where we're at, and we feel good enough to the point where where we're not going to look at addressing the quarterback position via the draft or free agency. I don't think you can do it during free agency anyway. But if you feel like you're not going to address it in in the draft, I think that's a mistake. I think you always have to be open to doing that, as I said before, until you know you have the guy. I mean, you may feel good about Minshew, but do you know? Would you use the Would you use the sixth over or the? I guess I'm not we're not sixth anymore. Ninth overall pick. Tony, I said I would do it last year. Yeah, right. I mean, uh, we we had this conversation last year in the draft, and and I think we talked about. I think it was Haskins. Haskins. And which uh, I'm glad we didn't take. And 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 well, we got Josh Allen. <laughs> well, I mean, I, who knows what Haskins I'm is jo- going to become? I know, I'm joking. <laughs> but it it's a it's an interesting conversation. I said last year that yes, I would consider drafting a quarterback, even though the Jaguars had spent the money in free agency on Nick Foles. So here's the balance of this too. This was asked kind of in the press conference a little bit. They've got to win Caldwell and Marone. They've got to win next year. They've got to be a playoff team next year, right? If you draft a quarterback in the first round, ninth overall, and expect him to go out and get you to the playoffs, is that thinking too much of that guy? Yes. What's the balance of the future of the organization versus next year? Well, uh, I think that question – depends who you're asking. That's right. (laughs) Darn right it is. Well, that question was actually posed during the press conference, and Caldwell felt that that was – it was his job and ownership's job to balance, that, to provide balance in that instance. And again, I mean, that, that's hard. It's hard to do that because going back to what we talked about before, there is skin in the game. And if you're given a win now mandate, you know, what are you going to do? And so, and I'm not saying that they were given a win now mandate. We were, just, the, I mean, the, the expectation is they've got to show. <laughs> Improvement, whatever that is. <laughs> yeah, sure. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, that's that's a tough thing to accomplish. And uh, and look, I don't know the the draft as far as quarterbacks. So uh, I'm not an expert in that I know category. Two. I know that there's one of them that is. I've seen two play this. Pretty year. good. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's pretty good. Actually, I've seen three. Joe Burrow, Tua. How, how, I can't say his last. Tua. Name. Just say Tua. Tua. That's all I'm going with. Yeah. And then uh, Herbert from Oregon. I heard he looked okay. really good in the bowl game. I didn't watch it. Well, stats were terrible. I was on a plane, so I didn't see it. Okay. Maybe it, I'm wrong. The, no, no, but all the reports – I read the same reports that he looked like he's the real deal. Right. Rookies at other positions can have more of an immediate impact, though. Unless right? your name's Andrew Luck or uh, I guess RG3 had a big impact his first year. And there are so many Historically, other... it doesn't work out. And, well, Lamar Jackson – here – Here's a perfect example. Lamar Jackson was taken 31st in the NFL pick. They were a organization that looked like the possibly making a change at the head coach. What did he situation. win? Six straight? He ran six to seven. Like seven straight or six seven. Something like something that. Something like that. Got the, won the division, got in the playoffs. Got the playoffs. As a, as a rookie. rookie. 
So rookie quarterbacks. But that's not common. But rookie quarterbacks can. I mean, special ones can make a difference. Well, here, here, and here's, here's the reality. Ones, RG3 did let, 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 let's struck. look at the Hall of Fame quarterbacks. I mean, look at the Hall of Fame quarterbacks. I mean, look at them. How many of them have had that kind of an impact in their rookie season? Very few. I mean, Montana, Elway, Marino. Marino, uh, pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, not many guys came in and, and had that impact. So, it, it's, it's pretty rare for that position. I'm with Jeff. I think you always draft a guy until you have the guy, that you know he's the guy. And even then, even when you know you have the guy, you probably need to draft one every two or three years in the middle, the back end. Mm -hmm. um, but did, did you see uh, Chris Ballard's comments today? Yeah. yeah. On Jacoby Brissett, mm -hmm. I, I thought it was, it was pretty good, and that he was asked about about Jacoby Brissett, and he said, you know, we're we're just not comfortable. We still feel like we've got a lot of work to do at that position. He said we need to be better in the passing game. Jacoby has to be better. We have to be better as coaches. I have to be better to provide more weapons for Jacoby Brissett. And I liked his answer in that it, he was very noncommittal. He didn't say that, look, you know, I feel good about Jacoby Brissett. He didn't say I feel bad about Jacoby Brissett. He said, look, we got work to do. And, uh, and, and I think when you – I mean, that, that, that I think is a really honest assessment of where they're at, and it's very fair. And I don't think that's in any way demeaning f from the general manager Ballard down to Brissett. I think it's, that's just – it's that's honest. reality, right? It's and honest. it's honest. And, and I thought that that was, uh, was a, a good way to, to go about it. The only reason I would not take a quarterback at nine this year, from what I've seen of mm -hmm. the work I've done, I think what will be there at nine, like I'm only taking the guy at nine if I'm convinced, if, if I'm Dave and Doug and, and Chad and uh, do through the evaluation, like this guy is the guy. And so we're taking him. If he falls to nine, we're taking him. Uh, other than that, I think this roster has way too many holes. I think it has way too many holes in it. I think you need to. I, I think you need to. If it was me, the first three picks or the first four picks, let's say the uh, so your two first, your two and your three, in no order because I haven't done any work on the draft either. But you need offensive line, defense, interior defensive line, middle linebacker, tight end. Those are like major holes on this cornerback. Roster. And I would I would huh? argue well corner corner. Yeah. I would argue defensive first. You got to stop that run somehow. Well, you, you, the, you have considering to considering what you happened. Have to best, best player first. You have to fix the interior of that defense. Defense tackle middle linebacker. Yeah. Um, well, I'm the combination you. of those. I'm with Jeff. Somehow. I'm with Jeff as well. If, if a franchise left tackle is sitting there at nine, you take him. Take him. More more mistakes have been made in the draft trying to pick need than than best player. Yeah, you need. I mean, no, I'm not just picking best player. I'm not picking. I don't care if the best player in the world's at wide receiver. I'm not or at running back. I'm not picking him ninth. No. <laughs> Nothing against Jerry Judy, and if he's here, I'll uh, eat crow. But I said the same thing in '17 when Jared, right? Whatever his name yeah, is, Judy Jared. Jared yeah, Judy. That's whatever. Whatever. That's why I'm, I'm, we're not going to pick him. Or we might. Who knows? Um, but that's why I wouldn't at nine right now, having done no college work, just watch college football mm -hmm. this year, would not pick a quarterback right there. Um, I, as far as Gardner Minshew, I thought it was funny. No decisions have been made. But then at the last comment was, we feel good about Gardner Minshew. Never mentioned Nick Foles at all. Uh, well, the question, uh, to be fair, was asked specifically oh, about, it was about Gardner. Gardner. Okay. Uh, but he delved into the quarterback position okay. as a whole. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, that's fair then. Uh the bottom line is this. The facts are the facts. Gardner Minshew was the best quarterback in the NFL, rookie quarterback in the NFL this year. If he would have been a first-round draft pick, everybody in this country, in this city, in the NFL community would be saying, boy, the Jaguars found their guy. But what rookie he... quarterback coming in on a roster that's not very good, 
winning six games, throwing 21 touchdowns, nine interceptions, over 60% completion percentage. Everybody would be saying, based on no tight end on the roster, um, you know, a bunch of some issues as far as protection at the offensive line, they'd be saying he's the guy. I mean, that's what they would be saying because they're saying it in New York with Daniel Jones right now. They're excited about him. Arizona is ecstatic with Kyler Murray. Murray. Yeah. He was better than both of them. What doesn't, though, when you're a higher draft pick, a first-round quarterback, is the focus a little more on your mistakes? Like the mistakes that Gardner made. I'm just the expectations are If he was higher, a first-round yes. pick. Yes, yes, JP. I mean, because, yes, because, because the expectations are higher, so the concentration is higher on I the agree mistakes. With that. So when I'm he's just a talking numbers. Pick, Look at yeah, the numbers. I know that. 21 and 9. I'm just saying, like, the, the it could be a different um, – approach to criticism of him i don't disagree but as yeah. you look at it where you sit kyler murray won five games daniel jones won three games uh dwayne haskins won two or three games yeah. and you have uh gardner Minshew won six games i don't think anyone will argue at least at this table right now or across the league that the jaguars roster was better than those other teams I don't know, I, I, but I'm saying, but yeah, is it really was it remarkably know. better, Jeff, based on what you know? No, no. kind of in the same. No. Yeah, I'm not Probably saying it's not. worse, but I'm just saying, but it's in. The, so you look at his touchdown to uh, interception ratio, better than all of them. You look at his completion percentage, right in the air, same area. Yeah, which is not good enough. No, that needs I agree, to go it's not up. good enough, but it's, it's right in the same area as these other rookies. And so that's where I think, if you look at Gardner Mitch, you're like, okay. I'm not convinced he's the guy, by the way. That's why I'm picking a quarterback at some point in this draft. But I'm not convinced he's not either. I'm with you. So, it's, a, it's unknown. All right, let's come back in a moment. We will um, discuss Wild Card Weekend. That's coming uh, let, up. Let, let me just say Playoff this, because when, when, I think when in re, what you don't want to get into is a situation where you've been in before, which is where, like, where you're at with Bortles and 17 essentially extending him and then and then you don't end up you miss you pass on somebody because you think you have them that's what you're saying yeah so i mean you you didn't Dude. maybe take yeah. sure. three guys in that year and then the next year that could have been guys and so that's what i'm saying you, you got to be very cautious about about how committed you are because you got to know before you before you give up that search or before you kind of deprioritize that search. Back in a moment, Jaguars happy hour on the Jaguars digital network. Tito's Handmade Vodka is America's original craft vodka. In 1995, Tito Beverage set out to build a micro distillery incorporating elements of artisan craftsmanship from boutique wineries into the spirits industry. Pot distilled and made from corn, Tito's is naturally gluten-free, crafted in Austin, Texas to be savored by spirit connoisseurs and everyday drinkers alike. For Tito's recipes, infusion ideas, Tito's swag, or to learn more about our story, visit titosvodka.com. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, crafted to be savored responsibly. Be the MVP of your next tailgate with the official wing of the Jacksonville Jaguars from Dick's Wings and Grill. Whether at the stadium or cheering from home, game day every day with Dick's 365 wing varieties, burgers, wraps, and more. And for somewhere to catch all the sports action, Dick's Wings and Grill's 23 area locations have been a local fan favorite for more than 20 years. For the best wings, ice-cold craft beer, and best fans, feed where the big cats feast. Visit dickswingsandgrill.com for a location nearest you. Proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jags fans, 
fill your wallet with one debit card that screams Duval exclusively from TIAA Bank. The Jacksonville Jaguars Visa debit card comes with a fierce look and fantastic features so you can pay with pride wherever you go. And it's yours free when you open a Yield Pledge checking account. Up your financial game today. Visit a financial center near you or find us at TIAABank.com slash JagsCard. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Are you suffering from shoulder pain? If you have clicking and popping in the shoulder joint, persistent pain that intensifies with use, an inability to lift your arm over your head, or a tingling, burning sensation in the shoulder, elbow, or wrist, waiting to see a doctor could make your injury worse. Baptist Health and Jacksonville Orthopedic Institute have innovative and effective treatment options available right now to relieve your pain and restore your mobility. Don't wait. Call 904-JOI-2000. At ViStar, we believe in better, especially in helping build a better financial future for our members. So we've reviewed our offerings from the ground up. We've lowered or eliminated over half our fees and enhanced our already competitive rates. Saving members more than a million dollars this year, in addition to the millions we save them every year. If you believe that saving money is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. Hey, Jax fans, you know green chili makes everything taste better. And our friends at 505 Southwestern make the good stuff. Flame roasted, premium quality. It's the famous Hatch Valley green chili in glass jars, not in tin cans. Try this idea. Mix some 505 green chili into your favorite salsa and add some kick. Or use 505 as a guacamole starter. You'll love 505 Southwestern. I think the, the biggest thing is, um, regardless of what the pass was, is moving forward, I'm going to have a direct line to shot, uh, kind of like I did earlier. And um, and with Doug and, and the three of us, and we'll enter directly to, to shot. And I think um, uh, Tom was great in a lot of aspects uh, for me, um, both personally and professionally. Um, but uh, this structure here will, will allow us to, um, you know, communicate directly with the owner and um, and be able to uh, put our plan forward to him with Doug and a collaborative effort. Dave Caldwell, Jaguars general manager on Tuesday. Jaguars happy hour continues. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Loggeman, Tony Baselli. Daly's place for well, the spring schedule coming up in March. Kane Brown, the first show of the spring. Cole Swindell in April. Kane Brown comes again on May 16th, the second show this spring. The Doobie Brothers with Michael McDonald this time around June 12th. And then June 26th, Tedeschi Trucks Band with St. Paul and the Broken Bones. Tickets at dailiesplace.com. Get them now. Uh, no shows between now and March. We'll let the cool weather come and go and then get back to music. Cool weather. It's not cold right now, but it is at some now, point. Now's the time to go. Yeah, when the weather perfect, is cool. right? Yeah. Well, it's not even cool yet. It's hot ah, right it's now. good. 81 degrees tomorrow, by the way. I know. Hmm. Not, not going to last very long, though. So. There you have it. Wild card weekend. Some teams playing postseason football this week. The Jaguars are not among them, of course. They are eliminated. They are out. The wild card weekend schedule. The Bills and the Texans Saturday afternoon. 
The Titans and the Patriots Saturday night. Sunday, it's the NFC teams, Vikings and the Saints in New Orleans and the Seahawks and the Eagles in Philadelphia. Tony, you have the Patriots game, is that right? Yeah, I'll be uh, up in Gillette. Leave tomorrow night and uh, go watch the Titans and the uh, Patriots play. It'll be a good game. Yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, Even a matchup, I think. Yeah, I think it's going to be a close game. You know, usually you just say as long as the, the Patriots could stop Derrick Henry, they'll be fine. But you go look at the numbers and – what Ryan Tannehill's done this year is remarkable. Amazing. I mean, he has played really good football. They're like their red zone proficiency is off the charts, over seventy percent. I think it's like seventy six percent. They uh, touchdowns they score. Um, What's they, his completion percentage? It's over seventy percent. Wow, wow! And they gave up what round pick for Tannehill in the trade with the Dolphins? It was a late round pick, like a fourth rounder, maybe fifth, fourth, fourth fifth, fifth, sixth, something like that. I mean, a late round pick. Um, he, then, he's been by far, by the way, the best quarterback acquisition of any team this season. Yeah, Tannehill, 70% passing this year. 201 I for 286. Right on the mark. Yeah, yeah. Right that's amazing. It's like 70.1. Yeah. See what uh, what round they gave up for But, uh, yeah, it's be good. Curiosity. And then, you know, the Patriots can't, are struggling to score points. So, Brady, a lot of talk that this will be Brady's last, if they, don't, if they lose, it will be Brady's last game in a Patriot uniform. You think it will be? Um. Yeah, I do. I think if they, right. lo- I think that Belichick's ready to move on. That's the sense. Kind of you read between the lines. I haven't talked to anyone, but just as you read, and uh, you know, he's a free agent after this year. And I think right. I think Belichick's. I, I Here's mean, one if they thing. Lose here. I mean, he has not. I mean, Brady has not been great. Now he doesn't have a lot of weapons either around him. But, but he let hasn't me, been let me, great. Let me make this point because it it's interesting to me because when a player gets to be a certain age, and 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 I'll put Tom Brady in this in this bag, and then also Clay's Campbell in the same boat, okay? And that when they get to a certain point age-wise, the first reason to justify the performance is, oh, it's the age catching up with them. Mm-hmm. Instead of maybe Tom Brady's got an elbow, maybe Clay's has got a back or a wrist or a knee. I mean, so I think sometimes people are quick to go – it's the age. We've got to move on from this instead of maybe having a little bit of patience with somebody and then keeping them for another year. But, I mean, age sometimes is that first reaction. So I, I wouldn't be – if I'm the Patriots, I'm not sitting there going, age is caught up with Tom Brady. We've got to move on from him. Who are you want to move on to? I mean, I, I would roll the dice another year and say, hey, look, you know, I, I've got a guy who, who's the GOAT. And maybe it was just a health issue this year and try to roll with him once again. Just like if I were the Jaguars, I would want to roll with Clayus Campbell once again. I'd like to try to get the number a little bit more manageable because I'm going to try to reduce his number of defensive snaps. Well, you have forget about You but have I mean, to get the number players. more uh, manageable because you can't afford him under the cap to pay him what he is due next you year. You can probably find a way. Okay, but Jeff, you say that, but how are you going to do I'm that? Not, Tony, I wouldn't you're do over that. The pro, you're, I wouldn't do you're that. Over but I mean, the you cap right now. I mean, you have somebody's going to be gone, and someone has to take pay cuts. No, I'm with you. I, look, I'm, I'm, you're not going to pay him. What is this? Like 15, fifteen or sixteen next somewhere? year? I mean, you wouldn't do that. But I mean, in a perfect world, I mean, look, you'd like to keep him. I'd like to keep him too. What would be a fair number? Just do fourteen and a half. The dead cap's five. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. So, what would be a fair number? Eight. I'm with him. I'm sorry. Right there with them at eight. That was this year. 17 and a half, and the dead cap's two and a half. Next year. Yes. Yeah, which I mean, so look, I mean, for 
15 how many million. snaps? I mean, we're going to pay. Look, 25 snaps. We're co-GM. We're going to pay him how many snaps? 25. 25 snaps. a game. 25 to 30. 25 to 30. No more than that. And and pay him $8 million. Now, I'd be comfortable with that. <laughs> Calais may not be comfortable with that. Are you comfortable with the other guys taking the snaps that he's not taking anymore? Um, well, I mean, Smoot's got coming up on year four. I thought Smoot. I thought Smoot took a big step up this year. I thought he played well. I think Smoot can take on more of that role, and whether or not he could perform, he, he look. Here's the reality, JP. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be able to perform at the level that Clay has performed at this year or the year before or the year before that. That's correct. It's not what that does. You're not trying to replace at the same level or better with Calais's performance. You're trying to get close to it so that you can al- allow Calais to still be or to go back to his level of performance of what he was back in 18 and 17. So, no, you can't replace him with a guy that's going to immediately – be as good. It doesn't work that way. I mean, you, you've got he was, holes. To he was fill. defensive player of the I year know. two years. I know. Yeah, I mean, he's, he was awesome. He last, was dominant two last years year. Ago. I mean, he, this year he was good. wasn't great. Uh, two years ago, phenomenal. Three years ago, wow. I mean, arguably the best player on defense. Yeah. He should have. He should have won. won the yeah. I thought he was better than Aaron Donald. Sure. So I mean, look, I'd, I'd love to keep him, and and hopefully you can work something out, but. What is this? Uh, it would be year 13 coming for Calais? Up. Coming up? Yep. Coming up? Yep. 34 years old. And you're talking about a guy who has made, I think, he's, he surpassed $100 million in career earnings. So I, I, it becomes at a point where it's not about the money, uh, although some cases it might still be. <laughs> yeah, he surpassed $100 million this year, $103 million and change in his career. Well, I think if you're Clays, you have to ask yourself a question. If How's you're gonna, health? If you're going to take a, well, health, and if you're going to take a pay cut, because regardless, even if you let him go and he still wants to play, no one else is going to pay him fifteen, sixteen million dollars either. That's right. You would think. No, I, I, I yeah, I wouldn't think. So, <laughs> it comes down to <laughs> crazy things happen. That's true. Fair enough. It comes down to if you're Calais, do you want to take a pay cut? You still want to play. Now you have options. Let's say it's all equal. I can make eight million dollars here. I can make eight million dollars at Team A, B, C, and D, and then us being the fifth team. You have to ask yourself at the, where you are in your career if all the money is equal and you've made a bunch of money is – What do you want? What do you want? And so you maybe, want comfort? Maybe I want to finish it, it, my career. I've got – I have a legacy here. I'm one of the most popular players in franchise history. I can, you know, try to help transition this team and, and mentor young guys and, you know, everything else. Mm-hmm. And have a chance to, you know, go to the playoffs and make something happen, but it's not as good as – or I can go to another team that's – you know, a playoff contender is going to, you know. Let's say Kansas City offered a One of the million. favorites for the, you know, Super Bowl. Yeah. And I want to get a ring. Well, now all of a sudden you're like, well, I love Jacksonville, but I want a ring. And I, I think mm. Kansas City gives me a better mm. chance to win a ring than Jacksonville does. Or what if Denver offers Or wherever. You know what? I'm just Chance to play my hometown. hometown. You yeah. know I mean? There's hey, a lot look, of things that go into Which it. they had interest. Before, right? They had interest yeah. before. That's right. So. So, we'll see. Oh, by the way, um, the Dolphins traded Tannehill and a sixth-round pick this year to the Titans for a. 2019 seventh round pick and a 2020 fourth round pick. 
through multiple draft picks. Okay, so, so basically a fourth rounder. Basically a f- fifth rounder. Yes. Yeah, like a fourth, fifth rounder yeah. for Tannehill. Uh, sad news today, former Bengals and Bucks head coach Sam Weich passed away, 74 years of age. He died at his home in Pickens, South Carolina, of liver cancer. He was the head coach of the Bengals from 84 to 91 and the Buccaneers from 92 to 95 and had a career after that in the broadcast booth. He was uh, – my experience with him was kind of twofold. Bruce Coslett was my head coach when I was in New York for a time, and, and Bruce came from that. He was a player and coach for the Cincinnati Bengals for a long period of time. And so he came from underneath Sam Weich. And so I got to know Sam via Bruce and, uh, and then also got to meet him a little bit when he was a broadcaster. Outstanding man. I mean, top-notch, top-level human being, coach, guy. Uh, can't say enough good things about him, and, uh, and the world has lost a good one. All right, we're back in a moment on the Jaguars Radio Network, the Doug Marone Show right around the corner. Thanks for listening to Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. 